Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Conversations with Trellis, the online radio broadcast and podcast hosted by entrepreneur, author, speaker, and success coach Trellis Usher. Each week, Trellis and her guests share insights and techniques to help you live with more intention and authenticity. Leveraging the power of Trellis's blueprint framework, she will discuss intimate topics like relationships, finances, career, spirituality, health and nutrition, as well as broader topics like social justice, culture, gender and racial equity, and activism. Be sure to tune in each week to Conversations with Trellis for another informative and engaging show. But now, let's join Trellis and her guest in the studio for this week's broadcast. Hello, everybody. Good Wednesday morning. This is Trellis Usher, host of Conversations with Trellis, and I am excited, excited to be back on the air with you guys again. I know it's been a while, and uh, I've been busy doing other things. I've been in the lab like most entrepreneurs over the last year or so, and am now ready to sort of relaunch or launch a few exciting projects that I've been working on. And so the rebranding of my podcast and radio show uh, is one of those things. And so I'm excited to be coming back to you today with what I will officially call a soft launch. So there's there's more to come and uh, sort of like the soft opening to your grand opening. And so for the month of April, I'm considering that sort of my soft relaunch and rebranding of my uh, radio show and podcast. Most of you who are listeners have probably uh, are familiar with the name uh, Design Your Dream Life uh, Radio. And so we're rebranding it, it to be Conversations with Trellis. And uh, still exciting topics, still kind of the blueprint framework hanging in the background. And you all know that that gives us a lot of room to talk about a lot of different things because, of course, the blueprint uh, takes a comprehensive look at life and all the areas of life. And so we'll still be talking about a lot of exciting topics. I'll still have on a lot of exciting guests. And uh, so it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. If you haven't subscribed to us, please go ahead and do that so that you'll get updated when we have new episodes and new shows available. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think Wednesday mornings are going to be the time that uh, is best for us to do this. And always remember, too, if you can't catch the show live, if you can't call in uh, to the live show, you can always download, play it back later from the archives. You can subscribe on iTunes and uh, to the podcast there, and that way you'll automatically be notified of any shows that are available for playback. So great stuff happening, and I've got a couple of exciting guests on this morning. I'm going to introduce them in a bit. I'm going to get to a few housekeeping things first, and um, then we'll jump right in. But today's topic, though, is we're going to talk all about the room in the blueprint, which is the home office. And many of you guys know the blueprint framework if you're listeners to the previous show. And what the blueprint does is it takes uh, the concept of custom designing a home and it lays that over your life. So if you've ever been involved in a renovation project or if you've ever built a home from the ground up, you and your family, then you will, or if you've ever seen a, you know, a home improvement show, then you'll immediately get the metaphor. What it essentially does is it takes that process and it lays it over your life so that each room in the blueprint becomes an area of your life. And it's really intuitive in that the kitchen, for example, talks all about your diet and nutrition. The bedroom is all about your intimate personal space where you reflect and rest and recharge your batteries. The home gym is all about your fitness and your exercise regimens. And the bathroom is a place of, you know, real reflection, looking at yourself honestly. You know, in the bathroom we have those awful, you know, two-way, three-way mirrors sometimes. Um, But that's the place where you go, you're naked, before you put your makeup on or comb your hair or shave your beard, that's the place where you really see yourself. You allow yourself to see uh, the authentic parts of yourself. And then we have the home office, which is another one of the rooms that talks all about career and vocation and business. And so that's the room that we're going to be visiting today with my two guests. And the topic that we'll be talking about is leaving the security of traditional employment for entrepreneurship. So lots of people right now are looking to transition out of their traditional day job or their corporate gig, and they're trading it in for entrepreneurship. And so today we're going to talk to a couple of people who've done that 
I myself took that leap back in 2011. And uh, there are lots of reasons why people do it. There are lots of misconceptions about why people do it. Some people don't know why they do it. They just, you know, they hate their boss, and so <laughs> they think that's a good enough reason. And so, um, or they've been doing something for a very long time. So we're going to explore all of that in the home office of the Blueprint today, leading the security of traditional employment for entrepreneurship. So if you want to call in, go ahead and call in. Our call-in number is 347-850-8096. That's 347-850-8096. And you can call in and ask your question on the air to me or my guest. A couple of housekeeping things real quick. Of course, the book is out. Hashtag the book is out. If you follow me on any of my social media, then you'll know that my book um, is now available globally on all of the online booksellers, The Blueprint, How to Design a Life of Authenticity and Purpose. It is out officially, and so I um, want to make sure that you guys know about that. And also, I will be keynoting at an event at a Women's Empowerment Brunch on April the 21st uh, of this year. Uh, and so I'll be talking all about Empowered to Start. So if you've been um, procrastinating and finding it hard to get started with that book, that new healthy lifestyle, starting that business that you want to start, I'm going to be there keynoting. There's going to be a, a panel of other great women that are going to be there, and the topic is all about how do we get you jazzed up and sparked uh, so that you can get started on whatever it is that you uh, have a vision for. So that will be April the 21st. Uh, you can also, it's called Sundresses and Hats, Women's Empowerment Brunch. You can go out onto Eventbrite and search for Sundresses and Hats, and you'll find it for April 21st. You'll find it there. So come meet me there. Check me out there. Look forward to meeting anybody that's um, going to be at that event. So that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is I've got a webinar on this very same topic that we'll be talking about today. I've got a webinar, a free webinar that I'll be doing tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's all about how do you successfully transition from corporate to entrepreneurship. I've watched a lot of very smart people crash and burn trying to make that turn, and so I want to provide some, you know, some insight and some guidance. Uh, being a person who's come from, you know, tradi traditional, excuse me, traditional corporate HR spaces, a lot of the work that I've done is about career development uh, and how to help leaders do things more effectively. And so I think I've got some great tips and insights that I can share with you on if you're looking to make that transition out of your corporate job or your traditional day job into entrepreneurship, then join me on that webinar. And if you go to any of my social media, I'm at Trellis Usher on those things, uh, you can find the link to that, and I'll be sharing it a little bit later at the end of the show. So, again, leaving the security of traditional employment for entrepreneurship, our call-in number today is 347-850-8096. Next, I am going to go ahead and introduce our two guests for today. And like I said, these are folks who've made this transition and both have some insights that they, and lessons learned that they'd like to share with you. So first up, ladies first, I will introduce uh, Karee Daniel. Karee Davis, I'm sorry, Karee, I'm sorry, Karee. Karee got married, and so, <laughs> and so um, I've known her as Karee Daniels. It's still KD, so that's, that's good. She chose, uh, she chose well. So Karee Davis, she's the owner and principal consultant at the Emergent Entrepreneur. And um, she, Karee is someone that I met. Um, on my entrepreneurial journey, and she was on hers as well, but she spent over 15 years successfully supporting key organization functions for category killers like Coke, No Rubbermaid, The Home Depot, uh, and her efforts with the Emergent Entrepreneur are focused on taking those best practices and strategies to provide key business consulting services to new and emerging small businesses. And so one of the passions that Korea and I share is that having come from a corporate background, now being entrepreneurs, we have a lens on what happens on the other side of the table. And so we can provide that advice and guidance to uh, new entrepreneurs who are making that shift. And so, um, so Karee is going to help talk to us about a little bit of that. Welcome, Karee. Thank you. So happy to be here this morning. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And our second guest, uh, Kevin Anthony Johnson, Coach Kevin is what he's affectionately known as. And um, Kevin is joining us from Chicago, and he hails from the south side of Chicago. You know, it's sort of like everybody from the south side of Chicago always puts that south side of Chicago in there. 
similar to the people in Atlanta. If you're, like, from Decatur in Atlanta, you always put Decatur in front of, you know, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, so I, I totally get that. So Kevin Hill's from the South Side of Chicago, and he's all about building courageous leaders, resilient relationships, and thriving communities. Kevin has been teaching and coaching leaders for over 20 years now in startups, as well as global consulting firms from Chicago to Shanghai. And he's also also an author of an upcoming series on dating and relationship skills. Mm, interesting. Um, an organizing for America fellow and a father of three grownish kids. So welcome to the show, Kevin. I'll only Here. put him on live. There you go. Thank you, Trill. Thank you, Trill. Great to be on. How are you? I'm doing great. Great to be back on with good, you. Good, good. good to see you back on the show. Good, good, good. Yeah, Kevin's a friend to the show. Uh, when we were Blueprint Design Your Dream Life Radio, uh, he came on a few times, uh, and we talked to him. So, again, I'm looking forward to, to having him here to talk to us. All right. So we're going to jump into it, guys. This is all about leaving the security of traditional employment for entrepreneurship. So question for both of you as we get started. When you made that transition, uh, and, Karee, I'll start with you. What was the one thing that you wish somebody had told you about either making the transition or what it would be like after you made the transition? And then after you jump in, I'll give Kevin a chance to answer that same question. Absolutely. Um, For me, I think the one piece that I guess I would have, um, piece of advice that I wish I would have been given was to kind of really visualize where I wanted to go with my entrepreneurial journey. Um, So Mm -hmm. kind of jumping in feet first is the approach that a lot of people use for a lot of different things. Um, And you realize that you don't know what you don't know a lot of times when you kind of hit the brick wall or experience an obstacle or a hindrance. And you use those lessons learned to kind of course correct, but Really fundamentally, you really have to stay focused on what your overall business um, and strategic plan is so that you are taking mm-hmm. left turns and right turns that take up a lot of time and that kind of almost work against you. Yeah, I, I think that's right. You know, one of the things, too, I think that, you know, entrepreneurs typically are very creative people. Uh, just by nature, they're problem solvers. They can sort of look into something and see a lot of different, you know, uh, possible solutions to a problem. And so I think that while that's a wonderful skill to have, I think it can be distracting at times. So, you know, your point about just kind of jumping in feet first and then trying to figure out strategy later, you know, you can look up two years later and be sort of off track for what it was that you were originally intending to do. Um, and while that might be good, you know, if you spend in that space for too long, um, you know, then, then it might also be detrimental to your business. So, so Kevin, I'll yeah, ask totally you, agree. What, one piece of advice do you wish somebody had given you? Just one? Um, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> for now. The, here's yeah. the thing. I, I, it's, it's, it's actually a combination. Um, and and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's more money and don't do it alone. And those two are related. Yeah. And they're, they're yeah. like really tightly related. And I think the, the thrill of entrepreneurship is the, the essence of the word is risk-taking. And yeah. I, I think when you get this idea, you feel this motivation, you get this urge, or you get frustrated enough to leave whatever you're doing right now, it's mm-hmm. easy to think like the risk is thrilling and it's a, a euphoria. And it, it actually numbs us to the realities of what the risk really will cost us. So, right. Yeah. When I say don't do it alone, it has everything to do with your your operating capital, how much money you've saved up, because I don't think you can ever save up enough money to start your own business. Uh, yeah. There's yeah. there's a challenge getting capital, uh, loans yeah. or, or other resources. So uh, don't do it alone is is a plea to anyone who's entering into this space uh, to not think that you can save up enough money or that you can handle all the responsibilities all by yourself. It, is a, it yeah. is a heavy lift, and it's better if you do it together with somebody. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree with that. I've, one of the uh, group coaching programs that I do around this space of helping people transition out of corporate into entrepreneurship is just for that reason. It's to give you a community of like-minded people 
who uh, are on the journey together, who can kind of help you navigate it successfully. A lot of mm-hmm. wisdom in the crowd. But I, I, you know, and I also say you're your first angel investor, right? You are your mm-hmm. first venture capitalist. And so use that job that you have, that traditional day job, to be socking away money in whatever way you can and however much you can, if you know in advance that you're going to make this transition, because it will be much, much harder than you think in terms of, um, to your point, you know, the lift will be, will be heavier than what you probably anticipate when you're in the euphoria of, you know, oh, God, I'm going to go off and live my purpose. I'm going to do that thing that I'm really passionate about. You're feeling mm-hmm. really high and good, and you just underestimate it. You know, you just, you just totally underestimate it. And so I think that's really, really important. Yeah, yeah I think stuff. that's really key, Trellis. I think that's really key yeah. to realize that entrepreneurship and kind of chasing that passion is not just about setting up a space for, you know, offering your product, service, solutions. There's a lot of, you know, operations, um, efficiencies that mm-hmm. need to be put in place. So really kind of taking that as an opportunity to not just kind of have that sole tunnel vision and jumping out their feet first is really critical. Yeah, and yeah, and that's kind of what you help organizations do too, right, Karee? Is because I think, you know, there's a, there's a lot more operational execution and infrastructure when you work for a company, and I think a lot of times we take that for granted, and so we sort of jump out with whatever our passion is, and we forget that it takes operational execution and infrastructure to run a business. Otherwise, you're just trading in one 80-hour-a-week job for another 80-hour-a-week job because you don't have the infrastructure to support it. So talk a little bit about that in terms of the importance of making sure that you don't just have passion and an idea, but you actually start some of that, you know, setting up your infrastructure before you make the leap. Absolutely, and thank you so much for that, Charles. The Emerging Entrepreneur does just that. We really allow... Um, new and budding entrepreneurs to really kind of focus on their passion, which is kind of offering their services. And we really mm-hmm. do assist and actually kind of lead the charge for them with the oper- operational execution, as well as kind of creating efficiencies that are time-saving and money-saving. Um, yeah. Really the focus is to kind of set them up for success and kind of a blueprint type of way, not to give mm-hmm. you a shameless plug, um, yeah. But, um, <laughs> we'll take shameless plugs. We'll take it. Absolutely. It is. It is kind of partnering with um, new and budding entrepreneurs to really kind of uh, look at architecting an operational solution that allows them to really kind of focus on what their passion is, but to also set them up for success. I've heard a lot of. Um, unfortunately, I've heard a lot of. Um, um, kind of lessons learned and stories from some entrepreneurs that talk about things like, um, you know, someone's using my my logo, someone's using my name, someone's using my image, or, mm-hmm. you know, my money, my business is losing money, I didn't set myself up correctly, or I have no idea how to train these new employees that I just hired, and I am seeing some uh, some profit loss because they are not aligned with what we're trying to do strategically. So a lot of those elements kind of we help and we kind of go in and um, set them up for success, help manage those components, technology as well from a networking inventory management perspective. Again, these are the Mm -hmm. things that you don't know what you don't know. Um, Right. And so our consulting company, the Emergent Entrepreneur, is really kind of key um, with kind of helping um, entrepreneurs take a look at, those complexities that they've never even considered and really coming yeah. up with strategic plans to help solve for those solutions. Yeah, and you, you really do take it for granted when you're inside of the walls of a, a mature corporate structure. Um, and, the, and not only do you take it for granted, it's, the ecosystem is different. You know, so when, you, when I left corporate in 2011, I used, you know, Microsoft Outlook for my email server, for my email service, uh, there were tools inside of that organization, whether they were HRIS tools or various tools as a people leader that I used to sort of coach and develop and manage my team. There were um, intranets and certain web tools that we had access to. And so you have this whole ecosystem. There was, you know, ways of working and protocols and 
um, how you book a conference room, and but you had conference rooms. Uh, <laughs> right. And when you leave that structure mm-hmm. and you go into entrepreneurship, all of those things that you're used to, they're different. I use different tools now. Same functionality, similar functionality. Right but different tools now. And so there's this steep learning curve that if you've been in corporate for a large part of your career, you've got used to the corporate toolkit, right? You jump out here in this new digital social ecosystem, and the tools mm-hmm. and the ways of working are very different. So, you know, that's also something Absolutely. I would just caution folks. Be, be ready to learn a whole lot. I know a, a lot more about uh, website development, so Facebook ads, click funnels. Uh, you know, that I ever wanted to know domains and all that kind of stuff that I ever wanted to know. But you have to learn those things um, once you come outside of the corporate structure. So, Kevin, back to you. I know that you, in addition to being kind of a jet setter uh, leadership coach traveling all over the world, I'm so jealous. I want to compare uh, Sky Miles. I know you have a lot more <laughs> than I do. Um but, I, but in addition to that, you do do a fair amount of work in community, with activism, uh, with nonprofit organizations, and really have established yourself as someone um, to, to be listened to kind of in the helping profession. So what advice do you have for those in the helping profession looking to make the move to business ownership? What, would you, what guidance would you provide? Well, I, I think it, it, it is also a reference back to the first question. Spread your risk out. Spread your, your, your responsibilities out. It's, it's yeah. very difficult to take on um, – and, and see, this conversation really touches not just on pure entrepreneurship, but on community work, on a single-person yeah. LLC, on nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really hits all of us because how you start determines your investment. And, mm-hmm. and if you think you're going to do it all by yourself, if – if, uh, if your influence is solely coming from, from me, then it's very difficult and, and it's going to cost me a lot more to, to create that infrastructure you're talking about, to build mm-hmm. the, uh, my own intranet, to have my own uh, web uh, presence, to, to, to yeah. conquer social media. You know, so all, all these different <laughs> things that, that are a part of it, that when we start these businesses, we start these enterprises, we think, um, as uh, the EMIF teaches, um, that we're just going to be the technician. Like I bring the skill. Right. I bring, I'm, I'm, I'm a coach. I'm a teacher. I'm a trainer. And I'm just going to do that because that's what I love to do. But I don't right. really take into consideration that I've got to build a whole system to deliver those services and a whole system to support those services. And then a whole system to bill for those services and collect those payments right. on those services. Yeah. And, right. and with all those things going on, you might not have thought about the cost of creating all of those systems when you first jump into it. So I think it's really important to continually think about who can I partner with? Mm-hmm. What are the resources that I can draw from? So it's not all my resources and some things right. already exist. You know, small business administration has, has courses and classes on how to do certain aspects of the business launch process. There are plenty of online resources that you can tap in for free. Um, you, you know, your, your webinars and things like that can, that can mm-hmm. undergird us and equip us to, to be more prepared and more mindful of what we're up against as we launch into the space. Yeah, that's good. I think, you know, it's just not enough can be said about the importance uh, of that community. And, you know, the blueprint, the blueprint metaphor, I call them your dream team, right? So mm-hmm. think about the 1992 USA men's basketball team, you know, you know that everybody was brought together. Everybody had a particular skill set. And so as great as those guys were when they, were, when they played individually, when you brought them together in the Olympics in 1992, they just, they were unstoppable. And they mm-hmm. brought their strengths, they brought their resources, they brought everything that they were to that team. And, and it made them unstoppable. And so I think, again, inside a corporate structure, you have built-in community. You have built-in network. When you make the transition into entrepreneurship, you're having to, to go out and establish that community, that network, that village that's going to help you to reach your goals. And, and, and building relationships takes time when you do it organically. And so to your point, look for resources and ways that will sort of just pull you together with a group of like-minded people who's all about helping you to be successful. And so that's part of, um, you know, again, what, what my coaching program looks to do is to say how can we get other folks together to help you make this transition, to help you make this journey. 
Well, Charles, there's so, something else there too uh, around yeah. around helping professionals, because mm-hmm. what I've learned is that that folks in those professions, let's say that they're coaches, they are teachers, they are uh, uh, you know social workers, people like that who are trying to transition into the space. It's also right. a challenge to ask for money. So I think mm-hmm. that is a that is a profound thing that when you shift from being an employee to being a business owner. You're not asking for money as an employee, right? It just comes in every magically. two weeks. They kind of give you, you know, a check. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I think there's a huge mindset shift to I'm going to be asking people to pay me, and yeah. I'm going to be delivering services. And we can get stuck on that side of I deliver great services, and and not work on that muscle of asking for the money, and, right. and asking for more money because what we get paid is wholesale as an employee, right? We don't get paid the real amount. So if you're getting paid, you know, $20 an hour, you're going to ask for 40 to $60 an hour as a, as a contractor or as a, as a business owner. And most people don't right. even think about that when they leave, leave their corporate job to try to create their own business. So I think that's a big consideration as well. Yeah, and I think, too, those of us who are in helping professions like coaching and things of that nature, we, you know, therapists or, or whomever who are going out to maybe start mm-hmm. a private practice, I think, you know, we're wired to, to, for service, and mm-hmm. we have this code, sort of this ethical code, uh, and this set of values that, that makes it more difficult for us, to your point, to ask for money, right? Um, and so as a business owner, though, you really do have to get over that. You have to learn how to strengthen that muscle um, and really value the work that you do. And to your point, not only ask for the wholesale price for your service with with everything stripped out of it, which is what we tend to do. Again, part of that fear factor of starting an entrepreneurial journey is, is anybody going to value my services? And so typically what we do is we price things way, way low because secretly maybe we don't feel like our services are worth a particular amount and we're looking and we want to get customers in the door. Right, so lowering the price becomes your whole customer acquisition strategy, and mm-hmm. and that's not sustainable, you know. So a part of it too that I think uh, a lot of entrepreneurs don't take into consideration, along with infrastructure, along with sort of pricing, along with community and team, is they've got a great idea, a great concept, but it hasn't been validated yet. Who are who's going to buy this? Who would who are your customers? Who's going to pay you for it? Who's going to mm-hmm. pay you what the market demands for it? Have you gone out and talked to any of those people so that you can refine your offering? Um, it's just sort of I got a great idea. I think it's a gap in the market, and here I go. And um, and while I think that's certainly part of it, your particular or specific why is the thing that's going to get you up out of bed in the morning, but it needs to be something that's also marketable, you know, that you can monetize, that is commercial, right. that people will pay for it. Um, and not just pay for your time, and I think this goes back to your question too, Kevin, about the financial aspect of it. I don't need you to just be able to pay pay for my time. Because I'm running a business and I've built infrastructure and I've got partners and suppliers, everything that makes that wheel on the bus go round and round, I'm having to pay for that as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I can't just sort of, you know, give you bare, bare bones, um, you know, discount pricing because my cost to get the service or the product to you are beyond just what it takes me as a technician uh, to bring forward. Absolutely. I think that from a corporate perspective, for those of us who kind of come from that corporate environment, what we don't see is the behind the scenes uh, expenses and resources that a lot of these corporations have invested into building their own infrastructure and their own ecosystem we just take for granted that it's put in place. What we don't, a lot of us don't have the opportunity to really kind of see the process and the years that it took to kind of build up to those ecosystems. We think we can do it all ourselves, but what we really don't understand is that it took a great amount of resources, time, and effort to really kind of build up to that place. So I think kind of keying into what um, Kevin just mentioned a second ago, building a network, right? Don't necessarily, yeah. just because you're a sole proprietor or, you know, you're a solopreneur um, is one of the terms mm-hmm. that I'm becoming familiar with, doesn't mean that you have to, you know, do it exclusively on your own by yourself. 
Um, and then the other thing is, you know, really kind of look at what makes sense for you. A lot of people don't feel mm-hmm. comfortable taking that leap um, completely, just, you know, just saying peace out on their jobs and never coming back. Really kind of mm-hmm. look at <laughs> what that pacing looks like. It's starting, you know, at your own pace. Don't necessarily compare yourself to or your past with that of someone else's um, because you really are when you're kind of looking at what, other people have done, other companies have done, success stories, you're really on the outside looking in. Um, And there were a lot of probably uh, obstacles and uh, lessons learned that led up to each person's success. Really kind of take a look at your own trajectory, plan it, map it, definitely look at best practices, but, you know, pace your own journey. Yeah, and one of the things that, that again we look at in the um, in the coaching program is is transition readiness, kind of doing transition planning. So if 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 I can catch you before you've stormed out of the building, you know, <laughs> then my advice is to take a deep breath, go grab you know a cup of coffee or something, or uh, go uh, just sit down outside and breathe some fresh air, and 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 wait a few minutes because I think that transition planning is so important when you have the opportunity to it is best to plan it's best to sit down because you know at a at a high level what you want to do is tie a nice bow on the current relationship that you have with your current employer so you want to leave your product I mean your project in a good place you want to leave your relationships in a good place you want to um, make sure that financially you're doing somewhat of a check to look at your 401k or to look at savings or things that have financial implications when you leave the job. You want to look at your health insurance and your ability to maintain that when you leave. You want to make sure that you leave out on a note where you've got a great performance review. Your last performance review was a good one. So if you're struggling right. and having some problems, you know, give it six months of a good go so that when you leave, you're not leaving some, you know, sort of negativity behind. And then you can kind of make your way out once you've looked at those things. Because what I also have realized is that while you might leave an organization, your reputation follows you wherever you go. And so depending on how you leave, it might be, unless you totally switch industries, it might be difficult to leverage the power of whatever network and reputation uh, you've been able to build in your traditional job once you leave it. So I think that transition uh, planning piece is key if you can do it. Uh, If there aren't situations where it's like, no, I've just got to make this change very quickly, and so I can't do all of that, but still just making sure that you focus on leaving things in a good place. Um, So, Kareem, what are – Kevin, I'm sorry. What are some of the mental and emotional hurdles you've had to manage in your journey? You know, entrepreneurship isn't all roses and, um, you know, to your your earlier point, just euphoric, you know, freedom – um, it comes with a lot yeah. of stressors and a lot of emotional baggage. So what are some of those hurdles that you've had to manage? Well, I think one of the larger uh, hurdles that I've, I've had to deal with uh, is managing rejection at a different level than, than what mm-hmm. you feel in the corporate environment. You know, in, in, in a corporate world, you're, uh, you're likely to deal with politics on a daily basis. You're likely to pitch ideas and not have them adopted um, and that's, that's one level of rejection. It's another level of rejection when you have your own idea. It's your baby. It's your dream. Right. And you're, mm-hmm. you're pitching that, and it's your livelihood as well. Uh, and if you've, if you've made the leap entirely, now it's really all you've got. And rejection means entirely a, a, an entirely different experience because it's not, it feels like a rejection of who you are and your, your yeah. dreams and, and your essence. Mm-hmm. And managing that has, has required me to, to remove myself from that equation, that when people mm-hmm. say no to what I'm offering them, they're just saying no to the opportunity, not to me. And mm-hmm. I took it very personally early on in my entrepreneurial career, and it was a very, it was a very painful experience. And in, in, in many ways, it took away from my momentum in a profound way. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until I, I figured out how to manage that and, and separate myself from, from the business that people were saying no to because it just wasn't the right time or it wasn't the right product right. or it wasn't the right service. So I, I learned how to put myself in a different position uh, emotionally so that, so that the rejection didn't impact me as much. And it became more of a motivating factor 
me to continue to try to reach the right people with the right message at the right time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so good. I think because you're absolutely right. You leave uh, or transition out of one type of employment because you want to follow your dreams. And our dreams and our hopes and our passions are very personal to us. And so then we put something out there, and if people reject it, then you can get stuck in that cycle of taking it very personally. So I like the way you phrased that. They were saying no to the opportunity or the timing, not saying no to me. You'll have to develop a thick skin as an entrepreneur because you will hear a lot of no. I mean, you hear a lot of no. It's and, the truth, um, yeah. Yeah, you you hear a lot of no. And, um, and for every – you know, for for every proposal or engagement that I've won, there have been countless others where I didn't. Maybe I didn't even get a call back. Maybe mm-hmm. I didn't even get a follow-up, you know. And so you have to really learn how, how not to take that so personally. I think the other thing that um, that you touched upon that's really good is that you have to – one of the things that, you know, when I was writing – my book and putting it out. I promise you the last two years were just editing and re-editing and more procrastination. It took me less time to write the majority of the book than it did for me to finally put the book out. And part of that was that fear of rejection. You know, when I put this out, what are people going to say? Am I being too transparent? Am I not being transparent enough? Is anybody going to call BS on anything? You know, oh, yeah. and so it's all of these, yeah, it's all of these questions. Um, and voices that you have in your head. And so the ability to really put those down and just realize that people are not rejecting you personally because they don't know you personally in most cases. Right, um, right. And so you have, to, you have to move past that. Karee, any wisdom from you you want to add on onto this question about mental or emotional hurdles or obstacles Absolutely. you've had to? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, <laughs> of course, I think that what people underestimate is kind of um, the change in the rhythm. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you're working in the corporate realm, when you're working for someone else, it could be a traditional nine to five, whatever that schedule looks like. But as an entrepreneur, you don't really have those on and off hours. Um, Mm. So really kind of understanding um, what that means to your life and really asking yourself holistically when I'm looking at my work-life balance, I have these great ideas. I believe I'm ready for entrepreneurship. Does my family life is my home life does my personal life really kind of support this endeavor because again it's going to take a whole lot of effort um that level of fatigue can kind of build up quickly and you want to make sure that um from your personal perspective you have the mechanisms the people the whatever in place so that when you do hit that wall you have that support system already kind of geared up and ready to go because there are one of the things to rethink Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, there are going to be times where you're going to think and rethink your decision. You're going to question Mm -hmm. your decision. You're ready to pull that trigger and, you know, start looking on Indeed for for jobs for other people, thinking that you made a mistake. And, you know, you can't turn a bad day, a bad week, a bad um, opportunity into a reason for quitting. So really kind of that, that network, that personal network is really critical. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Part of that dream team, part of that community. I think that's right. I, you know, one of the things that I say in my book is that anytime you're, in, you know, going on any particular transformational journey, whether it's personal or professional, your key relationships in your life have to pretty much be at their healthiest in order to withstand sort of the, the whiplash of a huge change. So, you know, so making sure that you're checking in with yourself and checking in with the folks who are closest to you because there will be a lot of, um, you know, a lot of pacing changes. That's why I say people who are running to entrepreneurship as a way to say, oh, God, I'm working 80 hours a week. I just want more work-life balance, and I just want to work fewer hours. I don't know that entrepreneurship is necessarily going to give it to you, especially in the early days. Um, there is a there is definitely a different pace. And so being willing – now, what you have more of is flexibility. It's when do I work the 80 hours? But I think I still probably clock about 80. Um, you know, so you have more flexibility in, tr- in sort of determining when and where you work from. Uh, but, the, but the amount of work 
especially if you haven't set up the infrastructure and you don't have a network of people who are sort of helping you, um, that can be, you know, you can just, again, you can still be working. You can actually end up working more hours than maybe you work at your nine to five. So uh, I was just and about think, to jump in and say that actually, because it, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's probably more likely that you'll spend much more time up front, let's say with the first couple yeah. of years at least, than, than you ever have worked for somebody else to, to yeah. get your own business going. And, and I think the other aspect of it is that you are the one who structures your day. So yeah. you taking control of your day, it's so easy, so easy to just wake up in the morning, feel like, yes, I'm going to take over the world. And from 7 a.m. Right. to 10 p.m., you're at your desk. And, and you don't yeah. even realize that it's gotten the, – the sun has risen and fallen, and it's nighttime, and you are just right. realizing that you've been sitting at your desk for 12 hours. And, and yeah. it's, so it's yeah. important also to be mindful of your well-being, of how you're yeah. taking breaks, how you're taking care of yourself, creating your own lunch hour, creating your own dinner time, and, and getting your own connection. Because if you're working from home, you could spend a week by yourself. If, if, yeah. if that's the kind of business that you're in, in my work, I, I literally could be in my, my home office all week long and never have any Absolutely. personal contact if I don't be mindful of that. So it's, that's, a, that's yeah. another thing to be, be aware of. Yeah. Again, it's things we take for granted, you know, when we're in sort of the behind the walls of a, a corporation is that community, that network, that seeing other people connecting to other people um, that almost, um, invisible pull. Somebody is if somebody is eventually going to come by your desk and grab you and just say, hey, let's go grab a cup of coffee, cup of tea, let's go sit outside for a minute. But when you're at home all alone working in your home office, you have to be intentional about um, creating those routines and protocols for yourself. And it does go to your well-being and, you know, sort of your mental state and, um, and, and that self-care. And so, again, the blueprint helps us look at all of those areas of our life and try and figure out where we're getting off balance. So you can be rocking and rolling in your career, but if your relationships are sucky and, you know, people haven't seen you in six months or no one can stand to be around you, or your nutrition and your fitness is going by the way because you sit at your desk with a cold cup of coffee all day, and then by the time you realize it's lunch hour, it's 3 o'clock, you're starving, so you make the worst possible choice about what you're going to eat for uh, lunch slash uh, dinner. And um, and so it just turns into this cycle. So there there's a lot more intention I think that you have to uh, to use as an entrepreneur about how you structure your day, how you manage your time and your energy um, that people just don't uh, account for in the overall equation. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, so. Um, so, Kareem, what advice then would you offer? You know, we've talked about a lot of advice. We've kind of given a lot of good insights. But what advice would you give a buddy entrepreneur who may be uh, a little shy or a little bit comprehensive, uh, comprehensive, a little bit, um, a little bit shy? What's the word I'm looking for, guys? Apprehensive. That's apprehensive. <laughs> I have, yeah, I have most of it right. Maybe a little bit apprehensive about making the leap. Absolutely. Um, and we touched on several of these pieces kind of throughout the call. Push through. I think that's number one. Just push through. That level of perseverance is really going to be critical um, as an entrepreneur. You have to make sure that, you know, you're your biggest advocate um, and that you don't, um, that you have the mental and emotional fortitude to really kind of address the challenges and respond accordingly without kind of waving the red flag, the white flag, excuse me, and throwing up, mm-hmm. throwing it up and just kind of being done. Um, yeah. Number two, start at your own pace. We talked about this. Don't compare your journey to that of someone else's. Make sure that your plans um, fit in with the rest of your life, right? It's just a puzzle piece, mm-hmm. right? If the puzzle piece doesn't fit, then the puzzle is going to be incomplete, and that's going to have ripple effects emotionally, psychologically, it's going to have impacts on your home and not just your business. So really kind of think through those things. Um, And I Mm -hmm. always tell a lot of my um, budding entrepreneurs, as labor-intensive as it may seem early on, at least create a preliminary business plan, even if it's Mm -hmm. just for you, Mm -hmm. right? you got to kind of keep yourself honest. So when you feel like you're taking on this work and you're starting to feel that little kind of churning your gut saying, well, this is good work, but I'm not really sure if this is the path that I want to kind of go down or 
that this is just a temporary piece. I don't really like the work, but I need the money. You know, really kind of focus on why you made the leap to entrepreneurship in the first place, what your goals and strategies are for your business. Always ask yourself, you know, is the work that you're doing really kind of um, allowing itself to structure and help build your business? Did you take the work for the right reasons? Because if you're not careful, you'll find yourself in the same rut that you were in working in corporate America. So those kind of are three really quick pieces of advice I would give kind of a new and budding entrepreneur. There's several other yeah. pieces of operationally, of course, but I think yeah. starting there is really critical. Yeah, I think, I think too, you know, what you said that sort of, you know, got me thinking is um, your ability to really think about implications to other areas of your life and then what happens when you start to feel the pangs of, well, maybe, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I think entrepreneurs are getting a little bit better at establishing KPIs early on to say, okay, where do I want to be in my business six months from now? Where do I want to be? You know, how many paid customers do I want to have? How much revenue do I need to be bringing in? How do I want to see that grow over time? Um, how many, you know, social media followers do I want to have? How, you know, so some sort of KPI, some way to measure the health and success and growth of your business. And if you can establish those on the front end, even if you don't make them, you have those goals that you can aim for, uh, and it will sort of keep you on the track and keep you honest and accountable during those times where maybe you, you feel like giving up. I think the other thing that that's, I'm starting to see also, and it's, it's, you know, I've even had the thoughts of it before on this, you know, seven-year journey that I'm on now, and, Kevin, I'll pitch this one to you. Mm-hmm. I see people who've gone out into entrepreneurship, and then they do start to, you know, feel little pangs of, oh, God, what have I done, and maybe the money and the customers aren't coming in right away. And then they start considering the idea of going back into traditional employment. Now, me personally, I think you do what you do. It depends, you do what you need to do. It depends on what those circumstances are. And, uh, and so you do what makes sense, again, for your life. And, and two, one of my mantras is you're never stuck. You're never stuck. If you make a decision right. or a choice and you live to regret it, it doesn't work out quite the way you think, thought that it would, just make a different choice. And then if you make that choice and that doesn't work out the way, then just make another choice. You always have the power of your choice. And so you don't have to stay stuck in any scenario. But what would you say, uh, what have you seen or heard, or what would you say for folks who uh, went into entrepreneurship, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they're not having a tough go of it, they just underestimated the financial investment, investment. they underestimated mm-hmm. the work-life balance issue, and so now they would rather take those creative skills and go back and be an entrepreneur. So still doing all of the things that they love to do creatively and problem-solving-wise, but they want to do it within the within a traditional corporate structure. Yeah, I, I think there's a, you know, there's no one path. So right. it, I, I, the the value of of having the freedom to make those choices is that there is no one singular success path. You you could bridge. You could you could have a job and develop your business on the side. You could mm-hmm. uh, in in the state that you're in, if, if you're if you're already out there and you're already running your business, and you realize I don't know if this is the right thing for me, then you could bridge mm-hmm. yourself back. You you could also mm-hmm. find a, a role that that leverages what you do, that allows you to continue to do part time what you do as your business, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. and that works for for just about every scenario that I can think of. Uh, you mm-hmm. can develop multiple streams of income around different things, not just your passion, but you could. You know, take a take a role that that minimizes your intellectual power, so mm-hmm. so so that it doesn't have the same demands as your entrepreneurial endeavor. But yeah. take a take a position that allows you to have a financial base. Um, sometimes it's not worth it, though. You know, because what yeah. what you could make yeah. if you devoted to your business isn't what you would make if you were working part time for somebody else, and so it, it, it's right. not even an equal trade off. So what yeah. what I really recommend to most folks is if you're going to make the leap. At the, in the first place, make a very strategic leap. Either bridge it with your current role or, or find another role that will cover your bases financially and make the leap then so that you're not totally dependent on your income from your business to, at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many different ways you can go about this. But if, but if you're yeah. in, the, if, if in the, the depths 
of difficulty right now in your business, um, there, there are two paths to me. And one is spend more time developing your business than you do doing your business uh, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. your business development needs to come first. But then the other alternative is find other streams of income. And that, that may fly in the face of your, your ethos around this is my passion. I only want to do what I'm passionate about. But there's a lot of evidence out there that says following your passion isn't necessarily the best business plan. So right. <laughs> your passion might be passionate for you, but it may not make you money for a while until you find out right. how to make a business out of your passion. So until, yeah. you can, until you can make a business out of your passion, find a way to make a living so that you can have the resources for your passion pursuits. Yeah, I think that's key, just making that small shift in how you think about entrepreneurship from a sort of technical, functional standpoint. I do this. I provide these skills or products or services. Mm -hmm. And thinking about it as a business, and so how do you monetize, how do you commercialize that business endeavor? I tell clients all the time, not only will people pay for what you do, they will pay to know how to do what you do, right? Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. what we see speakers, you know, speakers and consultants, how they make their money. It's not just that I can go into an organization and help them build an HR strategy, but also the HR people in the world will pay me to help show them how to build an HR strategy. And so I think as you think about multiple revenue streams, as you think about what you do and how you can monetize it, you immediately start out with two, um, with two streams because not only can I, not only can I build your website, but I can teach people who are interested in building websites, how I build great websites. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I think people get busy building the website and they forget that they're also within them is a, is a level of IP especially coming up in the corporate arena. I I love my corporate days. I have nothing bad to say about my 16 years in corporate America. They paid for my training. They they gave me great experiences of both what to do, what not to do, what kind of leader to be, what kind of leader not to be. I got rich context for business. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all of that enables me not only to do what I do, but to teach other people how to do what I do. And so I think that's the way for entrepreneurs to also begin to think about uh, if I'm going to go out here, how do I capitalize not only on what I do, but on my ability to show others how to do it. So that's I think that's great. great. Yeah. So we're, we're getting, we're getting down to time. And so Kareem, um I think from, um, you know, from an operational standpoint, I liked what you said too earlier. I took a note about um, the pacing of things. And I think this bridges nicely over to something that Kevin was saying, uh, being the globetrotter, Uh, that he was at one point in his career, and that is that, you know, you get very used to corporate, you know, pays you for what you do. They pay you for being uh, top of your game. They pay you to bring your level best every day. That's what you get paid to do. And so you're constantly on uh, and you're having to perform at high levels, and you've got a community of people around you, that are supporting you, that are cheering you on, that are making it easy for you to go from Southside Chicago to Shanghai, uh, first class, you know, because they're going to pay for the ticket because that's all involved in their brand. And so then you leave that for the very lonely world, sometimes entrepreneurship, if you haven't built that team. And that's just a very different sort of emotional pace in that you have all of this reinforcement uh, as a traditional employee perhaps in a company and then you leave and go out on your own, and, and that sort of disappears, and you have to be very sure about why it is that you started this endeavor and what it is that you think you bring to the world and how, um, and how you're going to, you know, help make things better for whoever your customers happen to be. So I think pacing is important. I think also managing expectations and getting used to rejection are a couple of key highlights that I think, you know, I would offer folks to, to take away. And – one of the first things we said, you can never have enough money, right? <laughs> you you are your own first angel investor. You are your own first VC. And so as much as you can sock away, um, and you may not need it initially. You may not need it for a year or two when you hit that bad patch or that patch where maybe customers aren't coming in. And, um, you know, then it becomes 
how do I sustain and, you know, still have positive cash flow as I get through this bad patch. So, so thanks, guys. It's been a great conversation. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it really has. Um, sorry, just kind of a couple of things. Just you mentioned yeah, yeah. a couple of things that I think that are really key in terms of looking at your overall business strategy. Sustainability is one, and scalability is another. Um, mm-hmm. So those are kind of two components that I think that um, entrepreneurs really kind of don't even look at it until they've already been established, and you can never do those things um, early enough. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. So thanks, Karee. We let you have the last word on this. So tell us where, tell people where they can find you, get more information about you. Where should they, where can they go? Absolutely. Um, the Emergent Entrepreneur, we have an email address set up, theemergententrepreneur at gmail.com. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, you can always reach out through Trellis and her organization uh, to get to me <laughs> as well. You know, our yeah. goal, of course, is transitioning of any uh, transitioning business from survival to success and beyond. And we'd love to help um, new and budding entrepreneurs just to even sit down and have a conversation about what true entrepreneurship looks like. One of our key yeah. initiatives is to also really kind of take a look at building kind of that network infrastructure that you find in corporations, but doing it with mm-hmm. um, small business owners as well. So we're looking forward to kind of um, that initiative in particular for 2018. So, okay. And thank good, you good. so much for having so- me, by the way. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, yeah, people underestimate their IT needs when they start a new business, and especially if you're working Mm -hmm. with, you know, a team that's globally spread out or, you know, spread out across the country. You've got the person that's working on your book cover over here. You've got the project manager sitting here. You've got the the subcontractors and other folks that are working in different places. How do you make sure that you've got IT infrastructure to support your business? Because whatever work they're doing, on behalf of your business, you need to have some fits around um, kind of communication and protocols and data and information that's trans, you know, that's, that's changing hands. And so I think, again, that's another area that we underestimate. Kevin, how can folks find you? Well, you can find me Just at call Kevin me out Johnson. His, uh, personal cell phone number. <laughs> <laughs> that would be scary. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Um, uh, can you hear me? Losing? Let's see. I can hear him. He's still here. Okay. Um, yeah, you can reach me at uh, kevinjohnson.info. You hear me? Karee, you still there? Can I hear you? Yes. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. Seems like something just happened, guys. Hopefully you guys can still hear me. But Kevin Johnson, um, I know that his email is coachkj at gmail.com. And so if you're interested in talking to Kevin, you can certainly reach out to him via email. And, again, both of these folks can be, um, can be found through me. So if you've got access to any of my social media and you want to – you there? Any of my social We're media here. and you want to get us – okay, gotcha. I can hear you guys now. So, Kevin, how can folks get in touch with you? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yep, gotcha. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, you can reach <laughs> me at kevinjohnson.info. Uh, and uh, you can also catch me on social media at Coach KJ on Twitter mm-hmm. and Instagram. And I great, have a great, show. Great. Uh, I have a show on Facebook as well, Facebook Live show. Um, the okay. next one will be tonight at six o'clock. Uh, but catch me on Facebook at Kevin Anthony Johnson. Kevin Anthony Johnson on Facebook. Yeah, great. Catch Kevin on his live shows. Uh, always really good dialogue and conversation there about a host of things, entrepreneurship and everything else. You know, before you're an entrepreneur or even an employee, uh, you're a human being, you're a person. And so taking care of yourself mentally and physically and uh, emotionally, all those things are really, really important. So um, as an entrepreneur, we need to make sure that we also keep our eyes focused on those things. And so, again, you guys can find me. My website is www.tre-group.com. You can find me on most social media channels at Trellis Usher. And I've also got um, links there to the site for my book. I've got links there for the uh, brunch that I'll be keynoting at on April 21st. Again, tickets are available, sundresses and hats. Tickets are available on Eventbrite, so make sure you check that out. Grab a ticket. I think they still are running their early bird special through the end of the month. So grab a ticket, meet me there. Um, Great panel of women 
helping you to get empowered to start. And then also my free webinar on tomorrow, if you go to my Facebook page, uh, which is my business Facebook page, is TRE Group LLC on Facebook, TRE Group LLC on Facebook, and you'll see the link there to the free webinar tomorrow that I was mentioning. So if you're contemplating moving from traditional employment to entrepreneurship, I'm going to be providing some tips and techniques on that webinar. And then you'll also get information if you want to join um, a group of 30 like-minded folks who are making the transition uh, to entrepreneurship and just receive and have that instantly built community and network and team that we've all been talking about, which is so important for you to be able to, uh, to be successful in your journey. There's lots of wisdom in the crowd. It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to write a book. It takes a village to start a business. So, uh, so if you can get around a group of people who are also, who also share that common goal and are looking to start businesses of their own, then that will help to make you successful, help to hold you accountable. And so it creates a little bit of positive uh, peer pressure. So check us out uh, on social media. Get in touch with us. And, again, if you want to get in touch with either of these great people, you can uh, reach out to them directly. You can reach out through me, and I will be sure to put you in touch. So thanks again, guys, for joining me on Conversations with Trellis, I will talk with you on next Wednesday. And again, subscribe to the podcast so that you're able to get notifications for when we schedule new episodes and also when previous episodes are available for playback. So I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kevin and Kareem. Take care, Trellis. Thank you. You guys have a good day. All righty. You too.